racing only better Royal Ascot preview of 2022. We're going to rattle through all five days of the action, all the best races. Little caveat before we get started. Obviously, this is recorded about a week before the action kicks off. So just bear that in mind. And I am joined, as pretty standard, by the Betfair boys. I will start with you, Kevin Blake. <laughs> How are you? How are you looking forward to the week ahead? Yeah, I'm excellent, Vanessa. Yeah. One of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, one of the best meetings anywhere in the world. Yeah, that's Can't definitely, beat it. it's Can't not over, beat it's it. we're not over-egging it. Um, brilliant, you know, international horses coming from all angles. Uh, the best of Irish, the best of English. What's not to like? Um, fabulous competitive racing the whole way through. Can't wait to get stuck in. But ultimately, you're going to be sick as a dog if Joe's Fair Brown doesn't have a Royal Ascot winner, right? Uh, there, there might be an element <laughs> of that, but uh, yeah, there's plen <laughs> plenty, plenty of <laughs> other possibilities to enjoy as well. Absolutely. Uh, Tony Calvin, how are you looking forward to the five days? Yeah, um, normally I'm not really suckered into the, the juvenile division, but the two-year-old two ranks really excite me this year. I You've think. been banging on about it for ages. Yeah, I mean, like, so I, I think I find them really hard to get a handle on betting-wise. Um, I might not be punting heavily in them, but I think some of the most exciting races uh, are in the juvenile division. So, yeah, um, a, a, great sweep of, a great sweep of betting races uh, other than that. Can't wait. And Barry, what about you? Building up to this for a few weeks now. How's it yeah, looking? It certainly has been. It's a busy, obviously, the run up. We we're seven days out now and uh, things are really beginning to hot up. We'll be getting the five day decks through soon. And from an exchange and sportsbook point of view, the markets have been really, really buoyant. And watch out throughout the week for additional places in, in a multitude of races and for money back specials each day as well. So all that good stuff to come. But uh, yeah, it's a fantastic five days of race. And I don't think anyone could deny that. No, and look, it kicks off with the very best of the action. Day one on the Tuesday, the Queen Anne to start proceedings off. Baid in there. Uh, what's the market looking like at this pro at this point? Best horse in the world, isn't he? Uh, we're, so we're told. Yeah. So we're, so well, we're told. It's going to take a good he's one to beat him. He trees on anyway. He's uh, he's not a working man's price there. But um, Aldair is an eight to one chance. Master of Caesar has been money for on the sports book. Was fourteen and twelve is into eight to one now. Real world a ten to one chance, and it's fourteen bar. But yeah. I, my advice on this, watch out 24 hours, 48 hours before the race. They're going to have the without markets up, and it's probably a better race yeah. without the favourite than, you know, no one's going to want to bet trees on or maybe fours on like he could be on today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, Kevin, is that the way you're looking at it? Obviously, we can all appreciate the best horse in the world, and at those prices, he's very much expected to absolutely bolt in, and we can all, we'll all enjoy that. But in terms of a betting market it is a bit of a tricky one so where are you looking yeah he's a victim of his own brilliance a little bit here in that he will be a very short price he will almost certainly go and win and um, he's only going to have probably a few additionals to what he saw off in, in great style in the lock engine at Newbury um, um, and look he's probably going to go and do the job um, I suppose we're all looking forward to him going up in trip and facing some deeper opposition uh, but for now he's going to probably have a bit of a procession here in terms of the best against him like you're, you're picking and plucking a little bit aren't you you yeah. know he's beaten a fair few of these one he hasn't met yet that is quite interesting in the same ownership is Aldari I'm not sure if he's going to line up it would seem a natural target for him but mm -hmm. I did really like him at the back end of last season they took a, a steady approach with him up through the handicap ranks he won two of those really big handicaps and those races are not easy win and to win two of them you know that tells you you have like a proper horse of group one potential loved his comeback over seven furlongs too sharp for him still ended up running out the handsome winner um stiff mild ascot i think that's going to be his bag and uh, yeah I, th I think it's very interesting to you know realistically to finish second to the fav but i, I do quite like the horse 
Okay, like that. Obviously, if Hugh, Hugh Carhill was sat here, then he would just be lumping on the favourite here, and he'd be all aboard it, and then that would be him made up for the week. But, Tony, we all know that's not your sort of bet, so no. what, how are you attacking this race? Uh, to be honest with you, if you can get freezed by Eid after the, after the final decks, um, it's a very good bet. I think, uh, I think he'll win three out of four runnings all day long. So, yeah, um, I would anticipate him going off more fours on than threes on, as Barry alluded to there. What's going to range up against him? You've got Eldari. I'm not sure that's going to uh, you know, rock up there. Same ownership, same trainer. Master of the Seas, real world. You know, he's by, you know, he should be beating those kind of horses. The problem you've got in this race is it, the race could really cut up. So it's, it's interesting on two levels. I mean, you've got five fillies and mares in here. And the five fillies and mares have all got kind of like chances of sorts for places. But are they even going to rock up? Mm. They could all... Uh, running the Duke of Cambridge. So the field could really cut up there, but if you are looking for an each way bet against a favourite, you are, f you are kind of throwing away your win part of the bet. So that makes it a bit harder. I mean, I am still going to play a couple of outsiders in the race. Uh, the 2018 winner, Accidental Agent, and Sabuska, third last oh, year. Oh, yes. This is blast <laughs> from the past. I <laughs> love yeah, it. Blast <laughs> from the past. Yeah, you, you, you saw Accidental Agent, an eight-year-old, but look at that Victoria, uh, Victoria Cup run last time. I mean, that's not far off a, off a career best there. Uh, I'm assuming Accidental Agent's going to come here, and, and if that's the case, 50s is big. So Busker, what we do know, uh, really good at Ascot, may not get the helter-scout pace he really needs, but I think he shaped better than the finishing position just behind Bayed in the lock-inch last time. I don't think he would win to best effect there. So if you are looking for an each-way bet against the favourite, I'll be looking towards the bottom, uh, the Ascot specialists, Accidental Agent and Sabuska. But, uh, but like I say, with the caveat, I think you are chucking away the win part of the bet, which is always a negative. Look, guys, that's exactly why you're tuning into this preview. You can't beat that. Bit of each way value <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a race like that. Let's move on to the Coventry boys. Um, as Tony has touched upon, just feels like we've got a red-hot two-year-old division, and this is going to be a top-class race. Uh, Noble Style is currently at the top of the market, is he, Barry? Yeah, three to one favourite. Vanessa, uh, Persian Forces seven to two. Blackbeard four to one. Little Big. Bear is a six to one chance. Money for Royal Scotsman. Uh, Paul Cole's horse was beaten five and a half lengths by Noble Style and Ascot, but won it in, in Goodwood since by five lengths. That was a 14 to one chance, is into 10 to one. Uh, Bard Cell, another one for Archie Watson, that's uh, attracted support with 16 to one into 12 to one. But yeah, Noble Style, very strong at the head of the market, has to be said. Okay, well, I was at Ascot when Noble Style won, and there's no doubting he was ultra impressive. And it was that day I said it on the Wade In podcast afterwards at the time that it was uh, in the paddock I know you often have this but I promise you even horses who, who finish further back than near the front they were very hopeful of these horses improving and of course the form has worked out really well already mm. with Wallbank coming out and being so impressive um, for me I want to take him on having said all that and I want to take him on with Persian Force Kevin and I'm hopeful that you're with me on this because I know you're a fan of the Hannon horse I am and, and I will yes <laughs> come on um, I just mm. the know, only two opinions that matter here. Look, look he won the Brocklesby and sometimes the Brocklesby can be seen as a little bit of ash look first two year old race of the Precocious, season precocious yeah, thing you yeah. know that, that'll be their job done but we've seen exceptions to it in recent years and I think he, he massively is one and the form's working out already absolutely like an on the clock he's been deadly like that yeah. on the clock that Brocklesby was electric you know and, and 
I thought, you know, he, he took on Holguin on a second start, and Holguin, like himself, put up a big performance first time out, and he put him away with plenty to spare. Um, look, all the talk is there from the Hannans. We know the Hannans can talk one up, but like it's it's big talk. Yeah, know, I feel like it's big talk. Yeah, best since can for cliffs, that sort of talk. Also, um, they got the angle with this ammo racing. Obviously, ammo racing have got loads of two-year-olds going across the board. They didn't have a two-year-old winner last year at Royal Ascot, and mm -hmm. I think that drove the guys and the team pretty mad. Uh, if they walked away from Royal Ascot this time around without a two-year-old winner, I'm not sure how well that would go down. Yeah, he, I think I, this is surely one of their better chances. Yeah, I think so. And look, it's all there. Like, I you know, don't pay much attention to the talk. It's just you know nice to mention and things like this, but the, the clock is a big thing with yeah. these two-year-olds, you know, because often we don't have a depth of form. You know, we have visual impression, but the, the clock really puts the pieces together. And like for me, he's been very strong. In fairness, Noble Style is right next to him in terms of what he did at Ascot. Like that, that rated really high as well. Yeah. Um, but I do have a particular liking for, for Persian Force. Get in. Okay. Come on, Tony. Are you with us or against us? Come on. Make it I, I, This race is, <laughs> it's got so much depth to it, hasn't it? Um, yeah. Obviously, we, we'd not even mentioned kind of like Blackbeard yet. And mm. the horse he beat pointless last time went in there with a really big reputation, really strongly backed. The one I probably would side against, uh, side with uh, around about 12 to 1 is Bradsell, uh, the York winner. Um, wildly impressive that day. Decent time. They probably knew what they had there when off favourite. But yeah, you look at the horses ranged against him. They've, as, as Kevin said, they've all, not only the visual impression, but it's backed up by the clock mm. on all of them as well. I mean, if you're looking for a single piece of form, the favourite Noble Style is just everything that's come out of that race and won. The fact that they're talking up Royal Scotsman, uh, you know, he was beaten pointless in that race as well, that Ascot race. But yeah, I think Brad Sell, if, if I, you know, if you, if you ask me for a bet at this point, I'd say 12 to 1 each way is probably a, a fair price. Yeah, we probably should shoot a warning out in that. We'll talk about lots of two-year-olds here, but everyone knows like there are options, five furlong options, six I mean, furlong options. Everyone complains about all the Cheltenham races yeah. options, but yeah. look at the two-year-old options. <laughs> there, I mean. could, there, could be, there could be a couple of switching and swapping. Oh, yeah. You know, so and also because of that Tatsil's bonus that's up. You know about that? The yes. 125 grand Tatsil's Crave and Breeze up bonus. If they go on to win at Royal Ascot, they win 125k, which is a huge bonus. Mm. And of course, people that would tempt you into an easier option, but we might get to that in yeah. due course. But one more I'll mention. Go uh, on, go on, I'll give you one more and then we'll go on. Little Big Bear. Okay, well, that was uh, uh, predictable. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it was so predictable we hadn't mentioned until I spoke of. So, no, look, he, he came with a, with a big reputation and he, f he was just nipped on debut with the horse that, by the horse TC alluded to there, um, Tough Talk. And like that was a huge race on the clock again. And he came out um, second time and he beat ones of one of Joseph's called Alexa Zorba, who, yeah. who he's going to go to the Windsor Castle as a maiden. Like he's held in high regard uh, and little big bear whopped him, you know. So wherever he goes, he would have, op have options, I'd say. But I suspect it'll be the Coventry. But he's going to be another one that's going to you know, come heavily into a lot of people's calculations, I suspect. <coughs> okay. Mentioned a few there. Let's move on to the King's Stand. All the action comes thick and fast on the Tuesday. And it's the overseas contingent that really dominates things at the moment. Is that still the case at the top of the betting? Obviously, Golden Pal, Nature Strip up there. Yeah, very much so. Vanessa, 15 to 8, Golden Pal, obviously just touched off in the, um, in the Norfolk a couple of years back. Missed Royal Ascot last year, but it was a disappointing favourite, it has to be said, in the Nuntorp. But 15 to 8 at the moment. Nature Strip is the first Chris Waller rocket we're going to see uh, up from... Australia, he's a 7-2 to two chance, and it's 10-1 to one bar at the moment, so there is value in there. Um, 
in some of the uh, outside of the top two in the betting, but at the moment they're shaping the top of the market. So I'm sure TC will be looking to get a bit of each way value against mm. the head of the market well, here. As am I. Give me a price yeah. about Kings Lynn as things stand at the moment. Yeah, Kings Lynn at the moment is a 14 to 1 chance. So as an each way bet, surely this horse mullered in the race last year. They're going to go fast again. He's going to be out the back again. He was one of the last off the bridle. He's coming into this race in very similar form, if not even a fraction better form than he was in the race last year. And I just think I'm not saying that he's going to be fast enough to beat some of those foreign rockets if they all show up and they run their races on the day. But I do think that he could easily run into a place again and watch back. I mean, he didn't just meet traffic. He was absolutely stopped a couple of times. And then, of course, we saw him later in the week in the Wokingham as well. Yeah. Um, I just think he's probably too big a price at, at, a, at a place bet. That was my angle in here. Mm -hmm. uh, Tony, w do you think I'm mad? No, not at all. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean. I, I hope the line of form uh, that he showed last time out is, is, is frank because Twilight Calls at 14 oh, yeah, to 1 each course, way yeah. is, um, is probably my, my bet of the week. Wow. Uh, so I'll, I'll probably know my fate early. I mean, I just, I just love Henry Candy with his sprinters. He, he brings them through. Uh, progressively, but he brings him through quickly as well. And this horse is, you know, is reminiscent of a horse called Twilight Sun, um, who a couple uh, uh, back in 2015, 2016, he actually won a handicap off a mark of 83 in May, and actually finished that season finishing second in the Group One, rated 117. That was four starts later, and he actually won the the Golden Jubilee uh, the year after. Yeah, and this fella is a son of Twilight Sun. Yeah, right. and like I said, it's. Everything is really reminiscent. He, he won a handicap of a mark of 94. I don't think he was, he was really disadvantaged by track position mm. in the Palace House. Uh, I think he was the best horse in the race last time. He uh, didn't get the best of runs at the best time. And Henry Candy, apart from having the best eyebrows in racing, <laughs> um, he, he well, just... Over and above Bob Cooper on the Sky Ooh. Sports Racing. Competitive heat. Very competitive. <laughs> very competitive. Can <laughs> we get a price up for that, Barry? Bob, Bob Cooper. That. It's your pick. <laughs> Bob Cooper, no, sorry, I don't watch Sky Sports Racing. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Ouch, um, straight to the heart. Straight to the heart. <laughs> no, um, like I say, I, I think this horse has got massive improvement in him. Um, um, Henry Candy has been on record as saying, he, you know, he hopes Wesley comes over. Uh, brings you know pace to the races what this horse needs and I just think the way he travels through his races I think a strongly run a strongly run race over a stick a stiff five Ascot is going to really play to his strengths I can see him going off in single figures very happy to take on the favorite best rounder you know he's disappointed he was only second in the Norfolk disappointed in the Numfork so he hasn't done it over here best rounder bend I don't know about the Chris Waller horse, but I'll take my medicine there. But from the home team, 14 to 1 each way, Twilight Calls, stand okay. out there. I tell you, you've got to love that, don't you? Henry Candy, that, that's the best of real British passive-aggressive punchiness <laughs> by saying, I hope Wes War comes over, to basically, to give us a lead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's class. Yeah. You like that, you like that, do you? Yeah, and uh, I'm with Twilight Calls as well, for, for all the reasons TC okay. mentioned. I've liked him all year. He, he really came on my radar when he won that handicap. And that was electric on the clock. And look, things haven't gone right since, as, as TC has mentioned. And look, you look at the top of this market, and you know we all get excited about the the the, the foreign bullets, I think, as you call them. Yeah. Um, we all get excited about them, obviously. And, and look, we're kind of told to get excited about them. A mm. small bit. Yeah. I, th I feel so. Yeah, That's small what I bit. feel. But look, Golden Pal is very, very fast. You know, Hugh Cattle gets excited about how fast this horse is. <laughs> and um, but he he is, he is deadly around a bend. Um, and. You know, stiff five at Ascot. You know what he's going to do. He's going to blast, but you can just see him wilting late yeah. on. As he did as a two-year-old, he got picked up by, um, by the Learjet late on. And uh, just, 
you know, he's going to trade short, and I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against anyone sticking in a few in-running lays there mm. at odds on, and you might just cop. And then you have the Aussies. You know, the Aussies, are, the Aussies are trading on their old reputation a little bit here, Vanessa, aren't they? They mm. are. You know, they tip absolutely are. Tipping an Australian horse for yeah. the Kingstand is a little bit like tipping an Enno Bulger horse for the cross-country at Cheltenham now. Pretty retro. Know? It's some retro shouts. <laughs> they haven't had it? a winner at Ascot <laughs> since the emergency. That's the and second mention of Cheltenham we've <laughs> had in on a Royal Ascot <laughs> preview. What's going on? Just can't get away from it. Yeah, and as, as Dan We're 10 months away, don't you yeah. know? And as, as, uh, and as Dan Barber would say, this fella's nearly old enough to smoke. It's you know, so he's, he's been, he's been yeah. around the blocks, this fella. And look, he might well. Look, now I'll joke aside like he clearly rates as one of the best sprinters in the world and it's fantastic they're coming over but do i want to take a short enough price about him um probably not you know I, i'm inclined to stick with the, with the domestic bunch and, uh, yeah. and see and see how we get on and twilight calls makes appeal to me okay two votes for twilight calls one vote for king's lynn love the aussies <laughs> can't wait let's move pals. on to what i hope will be an absolute belt of race the st james's palace three-year-old colts over the mile caribus up at the top of the market uh, does anything beat him, Tony? Yeah, you're struggling, aren't you? Um, I've been trying to find out some running plans for Bayside Boy and Lucille. Yeah. Um, I think they both bring a, a, a level of two-year-old form to the party that could, could maybe give them a race, and Barry will tell you what prices there are at the moment, but there'll be big prices. Um, Bayside Boy badly drawn in the French guineas, but again, if he comes here, he's, he's probably not a massive chance. And Lucille, I think everyone saw how unlucky he was in the guineas. He's got obviously got five or so lengths to pick up with Caribus, but then again, your two to five versus probably you know 33 to one plus. The problem with the sale and backing him at the moment is you might have options in the six and seven furlong division as well, and you know he, he clearly doesn't lack pace. Maybe less so Bayside Boy. So yeah, I mean Caribus is not gonna is not gonna surprise you, is it? I mean Mal June, we what we we don't know how good he is after that the German Guineas, New Energy, uh, My Prospero. All yeah. of those horses you mentioned there just still have that they haven't had the chance to prove themselves no. up at the top, whereas Caribus obviously has. Yeah, I, mean, um, I wouldn't go. I, would, look, I wouldn't go. I think you know two to five at the moment because you don't know the running plans and it could really cut up. So you, I think you will get a lot bigger than two to five on the day. But uh, like like with most odds on favourites, I'll be inclined to take them on rather than back them. Okay, uh, Barry. Touching upon the running plans there, and us not really knowing them at this point, uh, who do you think is going to show up as the market shapes at the moment? Well, it looks like Caribus is a definite runner, no doubt, two to five, and Mike Prospero, who was as big as twenty-five to one, beat mm. Reach for the Moon in the Heron Stakes. He, he's just come in for sustained support all the way down to five to one now. He was a seven to one chance even yesterday, and he's five now, so he looks like he's sure to rock up as well. Uh, Tony's two, Lucette is a 40 to one chance and 50 to one Bayside boy, so they could be a bit of value against the two at the head of the market. Again, it's just three places to each way punters. But the favourite, Caribus and Bayi, that's going to be the big double on the first mm. day for a yeah. lot of people. It's working out about <laughs> that, four to five. For, for one person, we know yeah, anyway. That, that's yeah. the Yukal double, double, yeah. I think that's what we're going to call it on site. Yeah, price blinds. I've I've got the price blind double. Love I think it. I think you might see you car hill for the week after four o'clock in one of those two. Guys, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, are you stretched off the track? <laughs> uh, Kev, are you looking anywhere away from the favourite? And can you see a situation in which he gets beat? I'm having a swing at one here, Vanessa. Go on. Big big price. Go on. Outsider the whole lot. Uh, Light infantry. Right. Okay. Ooh. He's sixty-six to one everywhere. Make your case. He, I loved him last year, really impressive on debut, very good on the clock, went to the Horace Hill, 
Um, I, I remember talking about him on the podcast. The fear was he might be a little bit raw for it at that stage of his career, and he was quite raw, but he won anyway. Yeah. You know, he, he looked a really nice prospect. I gave him a bit of a, a bit of a, a bit of a mention for the Guineas at a, at a million to one, and watch that back. He has run a stormer. He's missed the kick. He's he's stumbled early on. He's ended up coming he's wheeled around them to come near side you know follow a native trail which was the wrong place to be and he's not beaten that far and he's coming home you know i think this horse could run a nice race he's 66 to 1 i know a man that's in the partnership and i texted him last night and this is the in this is the intention he's going to run the thing is is this is you all over kevin you could sell sand to the arabs because now you're convincing <laughs> me but he's 66 to but 1. go watch the run i'm telling you go watch the 2000 guineas it was a really good run it was sneaky you, you, have to, you have to look, he, disa okay. he disappears out of shot briefly, but it was a very good run. <laughs> okay. and, and he was on the wrong part of the track, you know, he, he was entitled to, to still be inexperienced and raw. Mm. I think he's going to come forward, as TC says, this could chop up, and all yeah. of a sudden if you've got 66 to 1 in your pocket, you might not be in a bad spot come Tuesday. I would not be complaining about that. This is what we want, you see, we want informed opinion and insider information. Yeah, you see. Well yeah. done. There we go. That's what you're here for. That's why you all paid the big bucks. Uh, let's move on to the Wednesday, lads. And this is one of my favourite races of the year, actually, let alone the week. The Prince of Wales Stakes. I love it. Every year, Barry, for me, well, from years gone by, it's just had some cracking winners at the race, some exciting finishes as well. And we've seen some really nice types, some dramatic reruns of it too. Baybridge up at the top of the market. Stout, yeah. the revival is on. Yeah, this is a horse. Obviously, he really announced himself when he won the Brigadier Jared a couple of weeks ago. He was a three to one chance for the um, for this race. He's five to four favorite now. He's one of the best backed anti-post horses of the week. Um, wow. Bay Bridge, yeah, really, really strong at that. Say the rest in there, six to one, nine to two. Mishriv, Lord North, seven to one. It's all horses we know really, really well, and they all seem really, really well exposed. And that's not something you can say about the favorite. Um, and this is a race that could cut up. Good, could cut up mm. as well. But uh, five to four Bay Bridge at the head of the market at the moment. Okay, I think we all made our case, Kevin, for how much we liked him when we saw him last time out. Just everything he did and the way he does it and his low head carriage, he's so likable. But I made the sort of sweeping, and I think in hindsight, slightly rash statement <laughs> on the way in a couple of weeks back where I said I could see him go past State of Rest as if State of Rest is stood still. I want to retract <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm putting in a retraction, okay? Let me take the retraction because now I'm looking at the market and I think State of Rest could be his main danger. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. I'm with you. Looking and people say, ah, sure, of course he'd say that. But, no, like, but I, I, I think on yeah. another day he would have won that Tats Gold Cup. And you made the point about the ground. Quicker ground is yeah. going to suit him, right? Yeah, and he's going to get ground, that at Ascot. Stiffer 10 is going to be no problem at all. Um, he'll probably be ridden a small bit more forward. Yeah. Um, look, it was, it was just, it, the race panned out a little bit strangely. I think Tom Marcand, he jumped prominent. State of Rest was following him, and I think everyone was taken by surprise. Tom took a bit of a pull, and it just ended up in dropping everyone back a position. And, um, and that proved to be crucial, the way the race went. Ryan rode the race of the season on, uh, on high definition in front, rode yeah. the race of the suit himself, and nearly, nearly paid off. But it just left State of Rest with that little bit much to do. So I'm, I'm, de I'm very forgiving of that run. I think he's better than that. And look, Bay Bridge could be two lengths better than that form. He could be more than that. He's looked very, very good. But first spin in the group one. 
you know, first first spin in waters this deep. Um, and it might well be the fastest ground he's ever encountered too. So I don't really have anything against them, bar his price. Mm. I think the market has really jumped on top of him after what was an impressive performance last time. But let's, let's wait and see how he swims in the deep waters. Okay, so you accept my retraction of my sweeping general statement, mm. right? Begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Barry, what's the market looking like? Uh, well, it's five to four. Obviously, with State Arrest is six to one chance. Lord North in there at seven. Cherryar is a three to one chance that one in Dubai um, beat Yabir in Dubai. And that looks at the moment the main danger. Okay, and Tony, um, Baybridge isn't your sort of price, is he? No, but <laughs> I, I, I feel... I, I you did well to get him beat, I think. I think Sharia, I think obviously third in Japan Cup, you know, the Shima Classic form's probably not all that. Um, be interesting to see, I'm assuming a Dave might go for the Wolferton, so it might cut up a bit. Mishrif, bit on a recovery mission, haven't seen him since, um, since racing in, in January. You know, you, state of rest looks pretty, you know, bulletproof uh, each way. And Lord North, obviously, he was a, obviously a He's shown flashes of brilliance throughout his career, including in this, you know, a couple of years ago. But he was a little bit underwhelming uh, in the Tattersall's Gold Cup last night. I, I could see him bouncing back, you know. I thought yeah. that race went wrong for him. Yeah. He was it's too forward and too free. It's interesting because, obviously, he ran a pretty lackluster uh, race at Lingfield. Then he went and won Dubai. When were they backed off him for two months? And then they're going to spring forward again for this. So, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't look. I'm not going to sit here and say the Bay Bridge is, is a good bet at five to four. But by far the most likely winner, and I probably wouldn't be going out my way to lay him at five to four either. Um, Baybridge for me, but a non-betting race. Okay, well, Tony, I'm going to stick with you, though, for the Duke of Cambridge stakes, which we're going to move on to next. Mm. Mile for the mares, because you mentioned in the mining division on the Tuesday, in relation to the Tuesday race about a lot of the mares in there in the market but not going to run, and, of course, we expect to see a good few of them in this. Yeah. Uh, lights on, but it could be a very big day, actually, for Sir Michael Stout. Lights on, the improved five-year-old, has that good bit of form with Dream Loper yeah. and um, a few others as well. I, I like her. I think she's got that. I mean, it's such a cliche. Everyone get ready for it. Progressive stout, older oh horse profile. I said it. I said it. This is a new oh. bingo. This is a new <laughs> bingo. Bingo, guys. Everyone start playing bingo. Um, but I, I, do, I do like her in this race if she shows up. But it's, again, a case of you can make cases for so many of them at the top of the market. Yeah. And alcohol freeze up there. And we don't even know if she's going to run it over the mile. Yeah, alcohol free. Um, Sounds like they might even go down the sprinting route with alcohol free. Obviously, she's obviously she's also in the Queen Anne as well. So it'll be interesting to see what rocks up here. We've we made the point that all the, the top five in the betting for this race are also in the Queen Anne, and I'm I'm told Mother Earth and Saffron Beach are likely to come here. Okay. So and obviously they would they would be bang up there in the betting. It's it's a tricky one. The horse I most liked, uh, and I don't think she'll come here. I thought Potapova ran a real big race. Uh, at Epsom, whether they're going to back it up, uh, back her up so quickly, especially if they got lights on in the race as well, same, yeah. uh, same ownership. So I don't know about that. I've been suckered into this horse so many times, but I think Primo Bacho, is she about, about 20 to 1? Yeah, 20 to 1. I knew oh. you were going to yeah, say yeah, her. Like I'll put, my, I'll put, for my, last I'll put my hand up for the bingo. Primo, yeah. ba <laughs> Primo Bacho is the one in the central, yeah. Um, obviously, you couldn't give her away. I, I, actually, I think I actually tipped her about 2 to 1. I think she went off about fives on Betfair first time. How up. many times have you jumped off this cliff edge with her? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm for her. The, the, <laughs> money, the money that I won on her at York, I've given uh. back about twice over. So, yeah, okay, I, I am okay. on a recovery mission there. <laughs> but, I mean, if you go back and have a look at the, you know, not only the York run, but the, the fifth in the Falmouth stakes, 
um, is, is not far off the level required here. And you've got to remember, when she ran at Goodwood, the Ed Walker team were going for a really, really bad patch. And I mean a really bad patch. Yeah. He was talking about even shutting down for a while. But, you know, the turn of foot she showed at York, the form she showed in the Group 1 Falmouth, you know, she's not, on, on form, she's not a 20 to 1 chance. On the form that she showed last time, she's about 200 to 1 chance. But she's a kind of, she's a kind of filly that I'll, I'll gravitate to in a race like this if Potapova doesn't turn up again quickly. Okay, fair enough. Kevin, where are you looking in this wide open event? I'm looking about 200 yards down the road for me to, to Pearls Galore and Paddy Toomey. Ah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, yeah, look, it's not a big view, but look, she brings Group 1 form to the table from the back end of last season. She has the profile of a horse for me that we could easily underestimate. I Definitely, feel. because she fell in at the Curra yeah, yeah. on Guineas weekend. You know, unimpressive performance, very workmanlike, but the race just didn't go for her. Um, like, they, they had a plan in terms of how it was going to go. They had one to make the running for her, and that, made, that missed the kick a little bit, and it just it took a while for them to get into formation, and, yeah. and she's hitting, she's probably hit the front early enough and got a bit idle. It was just very workmanlike, but she's definitely better than that get her in a better race like this um, you know I think she'll her performance level will come forward and look this race has opened up open up to all sorts of chopping and changing isn't it in terms of what her opposition will be but I gather she's an intended runner here and um, she'll do for me okay Barry anything to know not really. Like no. Tony said, the ones at the head of the market, it's 7-2 to two the field at the moment, alcohol-free. Pearls Galore 4-1 along with Saffron Beach. Lights on. Your filly is 5-1. Mother Earth, and it's 7-bar. Uh, it's but, yeah, Sacred one that interests me, but I don't think she'd probably go here. I think she might go somewhere else. Yeah, she so might. What they're talking about running uh, that one in the Platinum Jubilee uh, later on in the week. Wow, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting, yeah. wouldn't it? Uh, let's move on to one of the most competitive races of the week, the Royal Hunt Cup. Uh, the handicap over the mile, again, an unoriginal view, I feel. But for me, it's Astro King, second in it last Ugh. year, second behind what turned out to be a group horse. Good run last time out, should have won, got to the front two suit, like, should should have won. <laughs> yeah, bad. No, don't pop bad, no, 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 your no, cheeks I, I, at I know me. I'm touching from bad memories from last year. I napped him last year. And you, okay. think, you think you have all the hard work done. He comes through, beautiful run, near side, hits the front. You're like, oi, oi. And there's some yoke over there that's like never run on turf in its life. And it bolts up by about 10 lengths. And goes on to be a proper group, a group one horse. A yeah, on the wrong side of the track. And a yeah. 20, pound, uh, 20 yeah. pound better horse about two months later. And the run, the run last time out for Astro King. I mean, he's hampered at every point. The yeah. race didn't go well for him from you'd start have to, to finish. You'd have to think he's well exposed now, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. No, like no, he's not. He, no. Possibly, uh, but you, you, can, you, you can be sure he's, he's trained him <laughs> for this. Look, is he handicapped to win it? Uh, look, if things go right, I'm not going to put you off, but should he be fav? I he's, don't know. He's not fav, is he, Barry? He's, he's not fav. He's pretty close yeah, he is, to yeah. fav. Yeah. yeah, well, it's joint favour with Dark Shift, 8 yeah. each of two, 10 okay, legend of okay. Dubai. Okay, call me unoriginal then. I'm unoriginal, <laughs> but I've gone for it anyway. Uh, what? What? Oh, I, I, I don't. I'll struggle to have a big view in these handicaps okay. at the minute. Just you know, because we know yeah, what, yeah. we know what Royal Ascot's like. You want to see the draw. You want to be certain on the ground. Like these races are so tight that you know decisions and opinions can change on a number of variables. Um, I, I know Barry has a bit of a fancy for Toshizu of, of Joseph O'Brien. So I'm glad to hear that Kevin's hasn't tipped it. That's I mean, always so a positive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. That's but a big positive <laughs> for me. But we'll, defini we we'll definitely mention them because he, okay. he's a horse that, that has always certainly worked like a stakes horse. He hasn't done it yet. Um, he was good last time out. Things went wrong. Um, like, it was, sure, look, it was, it, was, it was a nice run with a view to something like this. Um, once fast ground. And look, does he have the ability to win a race like this? I suspect he does, but I've suspected it for a while and he hasn't done it yet. So 
But he's one of those. It wouldn't be a surprise, mm. but you couldn't be confident either. He's one of those disappointment horses. Just keeps letting yeah, run, run him and see what happens. Okay. He, he is till he gets Joseph off the mark at Royal Ascot. Yeah, yeah. Then he'll be your favourite horse in the yard. Don't, <laughs> yeah. don't mention the war, yeah. yeah the <laughs> uh, Barry, that's, your, that's who you fancy. Yeah, 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 I like him. He's uh, he's 12 to 1 now, actually. He was 14 to 1 yesterday. But like I said, the head of the market, Dark Shift, very popular. Uh, good money for him was 14 and 12 mm. into 8 to 1 now after his win in Nottingham. Uh, Magical Morning, another one's come in for recent support into 11 to 1 from 20. Totally Charming that one at the weekend is a 12 to 1 chance from 20 as well. So, like the lads say, a whole host of horses in here. But yeah, Tizizu is a horse that I just thought could go well. I Very few miles on the clock and. Yeah, he's already carrying my cash. A couple of nods at a pretty big price then. We like that. Uh, Tony, what's your view? Uh, I put up um, <coughs> Dark Shift uh, at 14 to 1. I weighed in uh, a couple of weeks ago after it went at Nottingham. Right. The problem with this, he's got loads of course form. He's well in. The problem is he might be too well in. He's, he's well in under a £5 penalty, but he currently needs 19 to come out to get in. So... Obviously, that, that's a negative. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Royal Champion. Uh, Barry mentioned Totally Charming one at the weekend. Uh, Royal Champion did as well over a mile or two. Now, he'll pick up a five-pound penalty, uh, and he'll go up for more than that for beating Soto Sizzler uh, so easily there at Epsom. So if they drop him down to a mile, Royal Champion might be, might be very interesting. But my long-term, well, long-term, a couple of weeks ago, dark shift, and I'm, I'm happy enough with that position, but just hope he gets a run. Okay. Uh, just before we move on from Wednesday, I think, Kevin, did you want to mention something in the Queen Mary? Is that something you wanted? Yeah, I do. Um, Katie Content. Okay. Um, trained by Clive Cox. Um, is a filly that I like a lot. She's a half-sister to um, El Caballo, who will be seen in the Commonwealth Cup. Yes. And the, the big improver. Yeah. And she's an interesting filly. She's tiny. But all this family is mm. tiny. Like, she's barely 15 hands, I think. Right. But she's a, she's a rocket, I reckon. Um, I was very impressed with her last time. It was very good on the clock, like extremely good on the clock. Like one of the better two-year-old times that's been run at Windsor in recent years and did it despite being green and edging across the track. Um, I think she could be very good. She'll perhaps be underplayed in the market against some of the, the real sexier types from the big, from the big operations. Um, but she, she's a little rocket now. And I'd say she's mm. just the type for this race. And she's definitely interesting. Okay, she's Barry, you look like you want to pipe in with a price. No, I'm just saying she's a 10 to 1 chance. Love Reigns heads the market, uh, one of those Wesley Ward rockets that Tony loves. Mm. Uh, yeah. 10 yeah, lengths yeah. in Keeneland. All over them. <laughs> Three to one favourite heads that market at the moment. Dramatised, who won the My Odds uh, boost on Betfair, Novice and Newmarket was really, really impressive. Um, and that one's always been around ahead of the market. That's nine to two at the moment now. Maria Bardwell, that was a horse that you've mentioned before and weighed in, TC, yeah, was it? Yeah, yeah, I was very impressed with that one at Sandown, yeah. What's a six to one chance? The, the, uh, what I would mention about Love Ranges, the, there's, a, there's a news line going around that Irad Ortiz, we're riding all Wesley Ward horses. Mm. The, forgive me if I'm, I'm wrong here, Baz. Is Love Ranges, is that a Coolmore horse? Uh, I think but she, but yeah, if, I think uh, if, if there's a Coolmore involvement. If Wesley there. Ward brings Love Ranges over, who's, who's a favourite in the Queen Mary betting with the Betfair Sportsbook, I would imagine Ryan's going to be on on the Coolmore horse. So yeah. Stone Street, unless she's no. changed hands in the meantime. Right, okay. Okay. So, so maybe maybe the news line stands then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's stick with the two-year-olds, but move on to day three. Kicking off with the Norfolk Stakes, 
The group two over the five furlongs. Now, I really fancy Wallbank in this. I'm aware that I haven't I haven't tipped Noble Style, who, of course, beat him at Ascot in the Coventry earlier on in the week, so I prefer Persian Force in that. But Wallbank, I think, now he's got off the mark when we last saw him, one of David Lotnane's. He's a work in progress. When we saw him at Ascot the first day, he was pretty naughty in the paddock beforehand, and he was pretty green down to the start and in the race itself. Uh, whereas at York, he was much more professional, but I think he's just getting more professional with each run. I think they'll run him in the Norfolk. They do have the Windsor Castle option, but the same ownership also has remarkable force for the Windsor Castle. So it's a little bit about moving around the chess pieces, Kevin. But for me, I think that Wallbank might be one of those horses that we just haven't seen the best of yet. And five furlongs, he's an absolute bullet. He's a proper asleep, 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 and then just goes like a rocket. And I uh, think that he, at, at a price, I was surprised at his price, actually. What's Wallbank in this, Barry, in the Norfolk Stakes? Uh, six to one, second favourite. Okay, not that surprised. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting. I kind of actually thought it was a bigger price than that, but who do you fancy in this? Yeah, this one is probably the most dangerous in terms of potential switchers to the Windsor Castle. Loads of them. Yeah. Loads of them. Because the Norfolk is always a much smaller field. Yeah. And the Windsor Castle is, is obviously a full field, but it's a listed race. And you can often get a fella that thinks they're being a bit smart and they'll drop back with a real nice one from the Norfolk to the Windsor Castle, hoping to get a softer touch. Yeah. So it's a little bit tricky from that point of view. Um, the one I like is the Antarctic. Um, and I'm surprised he's up at the top of the market, to be honest, because like... I, I well, we're all surprised about the market prices then at the moment. <laughs> well, well, you look at it, look, he has a, a look, he has the, the sexy profile. He's a full brother to Batash. He was, you know, cost a huge amount of money as a yearling. He's trained by Aidan O'Brien. He's two from two. Um, but the style of his two wins now wouldn't be spectacular by any means. But I, I just liked that what he was doing in spite of inexperience. Mm -hmm. Like, I think he's a typical dark angel. He, he's going to g improve run to run mentally. And I, I think there's quite a bit more to come from him, but I was kind of hoping, you know, a couple of flashier ones that won by five lengths might, might have gone ahead mm -hmm. of him in the market. And maybe they will in the fullness of time, but he's a horse I like long term now, and I, I hope we go well at Ascot too. Yeah, a yeah. market maybe that's still to form a little bit, Barry, it sounds like. Yeah, and there's only, what, 10, 12 horses quoted in at the moment, yeah. so mm -hmm. like really no one knows what's running where, but it's five to fail the Antarctic yeah, Six Wall Bank. Yeah, I'm probably Barry about this. I wouldn't say it's probably the most actively trading market, but what money that you, you have seen is probably indicative of the running plans. I mm. like your angle with Wallbank because they've got Persian force there, so it makes sense for them to run Wallbank uh, in this kind of race. So it'd be uh, Persian force in the Coventry, yeah. Wallbank in this, and then Remarkable Force in the Windsor Castle would be my are guess for the Amo are, 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 you, are you pitching for a, a, a racing manager for Amo Racing, are you? I'm actually already there. Oh, right, I'm sorry. I'm already sorry. in that seat. You are your you good pals with, with their racing manager? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is it you chucking a half a million, qu half a million quid at all these breeze-ups? Is it? I just go in there, waving my catalogue, <laughs> hoping for the best, okay? Yeah. And that's what all bloodstock agents do anyway. Yeah, you bought I've one for 525 grand and you're only just, you're only just waving for the waiter. I was waving, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Got um, shafted. No, I think, I think the Antarctic is, it sounds like the Antarctic is going there, which would back up, you know, if yeah. whatever money's around is, like you said, they're aiming there. But as, as Kev said, it's a movable feast, that, isn't it, uh, yeah. with these horses?
Okay, so no, no strong opinion from you then, Tony, in this race. No. no? Okay. No. Let's move on to the Ribblesdale. Um, sea Silk Road, Barry, is she up at the top of the market for yeah, the Haggis she's team? She's really strong. I know this is one that you like, Vanessa. She was 8-1, to one, obviously won the height of fashion pretty well. She's 130 now. Emily Upjohn in there won't go. 4-1 to one chance Concert Hall. Debatable whether she'll go. She's a 5-1 to one chance. Life of Dreams is one feeling I think will rock up. She's 5-1 to one above the curve. Kevin will let us know there's 7 and it's 7. Uh, um, along with Magical Lagoon is an 8-1 to one chance. So, yeah, I know Sil Sea Silk Road's a uh, filly that you like. Yeah, I just think the win last time out at Goodwood, when we saw her at Goodwood, I think A, Tom Markham would have been sick if he hadn't got there. Uh, I think just by the way in which the race panned out, when you really watch her the whole way through, I'm not entirely sure she really appreciated the track there. I think she'll improve for the step up in trip. I think she'll improve for a more conventional track. Um, I think she's got, a, I, for me, she's got a touch of class about her in this race where, as you've just touched upon there, there's just so many horses who I don't think will run here. And I think she might be the classiest horse in the race. Um, and yeah, I just think she's value for more than what we saw of her last time. And it was still a good win at the line. When you really watch it back, there's, m there's more in there. There's definitely more in there from her. Yeah, look, this race is a little bit like the King Edward that we'll touch on later yeah. in yeah. that. Like this market will be shaped by how many, if any, want to take a chance and back up quickly from the Oaks, yep. you know, and, and the Derby with the King Edward, you know, I, above the curve isn't going to run. No. Um, I don't think, you know. So I mean, I, s I think I said to you on the Wade In podcast, that I really want to see her up in trip, but now you were pointing out now's not really the time for her. Well, it could be, but like, it's the, probably going to be the pretty Diane or the pretty Polly. Yeah, and then okay, up in yeah. trip. But like, I, I, I'd struggle. Uh, this is a race, like the King Edward now, that I'll be waiting late before I hammer my colours here because it's, it's, it mm. there's so much scope. Tranquil for Lady? Will she go? Or she was disappointing. Um, I wouldn't say disappointing. I think she, w she was in the right position, but with the wrong tools. If okay. you know what I mean. Yeah. Steadily yeah. run race. She was in the right spot, but she's just not quick enough for that, if you know what I mean. And do you um, know if she'll go here to the Rebels? It's there? a possibility. Yeah. yeah. Okay. W uh, one filly there has been money for his history. Right. She was 25. Mm. She's into 10 now. So there is money knocking around for her. What, what price have you got, Ching Shi? Um, that's a third in the 25. Music it's interesting. Only one horse came out of the Oaks at the, at the final stage, and that was that horse. I think she shaped all right at the Musidora. If they took her out of the Oaks with a view to keeping her obviously fresh for this, that could be quite interesting because uh, I think I think she's reasonably well regarded. Again, again, like Kevin said, there's a lot of horses, you know, possibly come out of the Oaks. Maybe Kawida, they might, might throw their, uh, fr you know, throw their arm in here for that. And run well, mm, mm. really well. So yeah, again, at the moment you you can't have it. I mean, I would say immediately after the race, um, William Haggis didn't commit this. Didn't commit the, uh, the favourite to, to the Ribblesdale, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think you've just got to wait until the decks and get a better handle on the race and what's going to run. Okay, yeah. let's move on to the Ascot Gold Cup. Now, if I was Hugh Carhill, I'd be calling <laughs> this the Ascot Bumper and I'd be throwing loads of stones at Stradivarius. But yeah. luckily for you guys, I'm not Hugh Carhill, so I'm not going to do that. It's the Ascot Gold Cup. I love it. And we do know who's going to turn up here. In well. terms of well, well, no, no, we don't. Uh, uh, well, no, we don't. Stradivarius. Hopefully. Okay, so we've got one. We've got one runner. <laughs> if, you, if, you get strad, if you get Strad, yeah, you might go. not so get Trushan. Kiprius, yeah. Stradivarius. Yeah, Trushan. Trushan with Alan King doing a rain dance outside there. They're gonna take their chance <laughs> with him. They're gonna take their chance. Scope. With him. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. It could be real. This it'll be, be, you know, we, and we've seen the kind of the, the perspective clash between the two postponed a few times with one or the other coming out. Yeah. Um, and look, long got, they've got to they've got to go. They've got to run eventually. They've yeah, got oh, to yeah, run. but if it doesn't rain, you know, you could see Trushan coming out. 
um, which would be a pity. Look, he's a better horse than Stradivarius, uh, certainly right now, and was last year and probably the year before, but he will need a little bit of rain. Um, and without... Uh, that Alex, when you said the rain, Alan King is rain dance. <laughs> yeah, um, I said rain, not sprinklers. Okay, yeah, Alan King's rain dance. It worked a treat. It worked a treat. That was John Golson putting the block on it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> John Golson swiped uh, in. The horse I think you're going to mention. Yeah, Kiprios. No. Oh, okay. No, that was not the horse I thought you were going to mention. Go on. I thought you were a really big fan of Scopes Run. Um, oh yeah, it did run really well. I yeah, thought you liked yeah. that as a trial for this. I did. You know, the horse is running badly at the time. Rafe Beckett's horses running poorly at the time. Ran on really well over a trip that was too short. Yeah, they really uh, stuck him in the race early as well. To, compared to loads in this, he's so he's completely unexposed as a, yeah. as a stayer up at the top level. I just think that if, if any of those old boys start to disappoint, he's the one that's going to be picking up the pieces. No, you're dead right, and you're going to get a reasonable price for your money as well. And well it was just the way he was ridden as well was surprising. Like as he he he, he was. You know, giving a real punch out, you know, and yeah, got involved yeah. in the race quite yeah. early. And it was to his credit that he stuck to it. And look, this has been the plan since then. So absolutely, I'd give him a big mention. Um, but I was going to touch on Kiprios because, I, you know, he's going to be, he'll be close to Fav, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, I suspect. Yeah. Um, he's been the real emerger. I, I remember I put him up for his race at Royal Ascot last season. And he managed to uh, scramble underneath the gates and get withdrawn. So yeah. that was how my week was going last last year. Um, but We're hoping for better. Hopefully. Can't get much worse. But uh, he, he's been really good this season. Electric mm. last time, I thought. You know, you see, I won by 14 lengths. He can't have beaten much. He beat two solid kind of 100 horses by 14 lengths. Yeah. Um, so I think that puts him in the mix in a big way. Tony, where are you looking for the bumper? Uh... Cheltenham reference number three. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, Kipros, I think there's, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm from the stable about, about that one. You can see why the vintage crop win was very, very good. Barry, what price both True Shant and Stradivarius running? Yeah, they get a price from the Betfair Sportsbook about Ooh, that. Interesting, because there has been money for Stradivarius. Hmm. I, I don't know what the forecast is like. You mentioned earlier that people assume it's going to be on the quick side of Ascot. I don't think we can, you know, we, you know, we can, we can rely on that anymore with a... Uh, with the current forecast, etc. Yeah, but like I said, the, the angle into the into the race, many have been. I think True Sham with a dig is going to go off favourite and should be a strong favourite. Anti Post, do you want to want to play him? Probably not. Scope, um, you might have got me and Kevin mixed up there with, with Scope. I'm a big oh. Scope fan. Yeah. We, we no, no, we, we gave him a good talk. We, we, yeah. uh, we normally we, we normally get us, uh, we normally get mixed up. When we're out on, out on the <laughs> it track. It makes it sound like I'm only listening to Kevin. No, he like I said, very <laughs> progressive horse last year. The, the pre-Royal Oak is probably one of the weakest uh, Group Ones around, but he won that really well. Yeah. Uh, and that run, uh, that run at Newbury under a seven-pound penalty was an absolute cracker. Uh, if that comes forward, I, I, I had a little bit uh, after that race about at 12s, 14 to one, but only tiny. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, the horse I've got a lot of time for as well is, um, yeah, it's nice. Look, I, I, I back scope, so that's the one I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to suggest here. And I think he's still around, he's still a fair price, around about eight, is he? Yeah, seven to one chance. Seven to one. Okay, yeah. anything else to report before? No, not really. Just money for Stradivarius. Kiprio strong at seven to two. And maybe you're asking who wins the bumper. Burning victories in there for Willie Mullins. Oh, oh well. <laughs> Willie's in the bumper. Yeah. <laughs> Willie's, in the, Willie's in the bumper. And a Mullins fangirl. This is it. This is happening. Uh, let's move on to the Albany Stakes, uh, day four. Uh, Back to the two-year-olds, and again, I feel like I'm on repeat. We don't know what's going to show up. I quite like Lady Bullet in this. I think she might be a bit underestimated, given that she's not trained by a fancy yard, obviously. I'm not entirely sure if she's going to have the absolute class 
compared to some of the more regally bred types from the bigger yards. But I presume she's a relatively big price. Obviously, when she won at Ripon, she won under a penalty, and she just looked like she was improving. I was at Doncaster when she won on debut. She was actually one of the fastest horses to sell to then go to the race course mm. and went on to win. Of the Breezers, yeah. Uh, of the Breezers, mm. sorry, yeah. And she was um, James Garfield's first winner. So she's kind of noteworthy in a few ways away from the actual form. But then at Ripon, what she did under that penalty, I was impressed by. And I just thought in this, in a race that may well cut up, I want a bigger price than what you just gave me on the last horse I mentioned, Barry, on Wallbank, please. Come on, Barry. What, what price is Lady Bullet right now? Lady... Um, Six to four or five. No, yeah. that cannot be true. Uh, are you one of these people, j just because you're in the media, do you want a special account? You can just name your own price. Yes. <laughs> All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, fair enough. Tony, that is exactly who I am, and yeah, you well. should be one of those you people too. You wouldn't be alone. You wouldn't be alone in that regard. <laughs> no. <laughs> no there's the nothing wrong with that. All right. Not in the betting. That, Not that, in the that, betting. That's the problem. I mean, what, what is the betting? Just so it's two to one statuette. Yeah. And like she shot the prominence in this market after she won her maiden yeah, in Navin. Yeah. Like she's been favoured. The big justified. Yes. Yeah, so she's been favoured ever since mm -hmm. that. Although Maj, M-A-W-J, at yeah. seven yeah. to two. That's come in for, that's uh, in there as well. Five to one outside of the two of them. Again, there's only, what, 11 horses quoted in this. Okay. One. Have you got meditate yeah. uh, quoted? Yeah, five there? to one. The, the, the problem with Statuette is, I mean, everyone saw how impressive she was first time up. We, but she, if she goes to Royal Ascot, she'll have two or three options, so that's a problem backing her anti-post. There was some talk they might keep her back um, for, a, for a race in Ireland, but I don't know there. I think Meditate is maybe likely to rock up here, which is why a five-to-one chance. I, I do know they like that horse. But again, it's as with all these two-year-old races, you're just, you know, I, I think a, a watching brief is probably ideal until at least, at least get the, the five-day entries and, and get a handle on what may be coming over. Yeah. Okay, Kev, where are you looking in this? Any, um, any fancies? Yeah, look, I'd be with TC there in that. I, I would have some caution about Statuette until she's, until she's decked. Um, look, extremely promising filly. We, we talked about her at length and weighed in um, after she won. If you're not listening to, to weigh it in, you clearly should be. Um, she was it wasn't just what she did, it was what she did after the line. Like She's, she, oh, she's powered yeah. through and away from the line. It was really impressive. Yeah. Big unit, just like Justify himself. Yeah. And it looked clearly very impressive. Um, meditate, that TC mentions, different type of horse. as two from two, but looks to be learning on the job to me. You know, made hard enough work of it last time, but was well on top of the line. Um, I'm going to mention a, a small bit of a swinger um, that you know maybe isn't wouldn't, wouldn't be going there with a similar sort of sexy profile, but I was impressed with first time is Catty Come Home, um, trained by Carol Burke, who's had a bunch of two-year-old winners. Um, one at Musselburgh, bare mm. form, probably not much to write home about at all, um, but I did like the style of it, and I gathered that she's quite well regarded within the Burke bunch, and uh, Carol Burke does have a pretty 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 exciting bunch of two-year-olds at the minute, so you know she'll be a double-figure price for sure, I'd imagine. So she's one to keep in mind. Not in the betting. Not <laughs> at the there moment. Name your price. That's, that's, that's what you get price. when you're looking at these races at a week yeah. out. Yeah, you know. yeah. Yeah. But we, what, we know uh, how it goes. Unless you've got an angle like you did with the Ammo Racing, Persian Force, Wallbank, <laughs> you're just going to have to wait until until, until wait until the entries. I mean, like, even if you think Statuess is the best horse in the race, I mean, could have two or three options there, even if she comes. So Yeah, and Candy Cup Home could go for Queen Mary even. You know, it's yeah. just it's something to bear in mind. Okay, well, if we're talking, we just mentioned Carl Burke. One of his big runners of the week will be El Caballo in the Commonwealth Cup. Um, 
I really fancy Flaming Ribbon this for Hugo Palmer. Big price. I think he's overpriced. Uh, he'd be a placed bet for me in this. Uh, Barry, you're going to let me know. Surely he's actually priced up. Please, God. Yeah, he's a, 20, <laughs> he's a 25 to 1 chance. You'd be yeah. glad to hear. But yeah. yeah, 25 to 1 chance. The thing is, is he's, he, I loved him as a two-year-old. He was everything you'd want in a two-year-old. He came up through the nursery ranks, and then he proved himself at a higher level than that, too. He's, he's brought his two-year-old form forward as a three-year-old and obviously he beat Kings Lynn who I've already given a shout out to earlier on in the week I like that sort of slight angle of form I think this trip is his ideal the six films he's tough as you like he travels he gives his all and he's one of those ones that you don't have very many question marks about in a race like this and yeah. I just think at a price I can see him being pretty near the front I'm not saying he's going to win it, but I think he's each way value, especially at 25. Yeah. So flaming rib for me uh, in this. But of course, perfect power, El Caballo. They must all be near the top. Yeah, Barry. seven to two, perfect power. El Caballo, who's a, such an admirable horse. He, he's six really on the trot yeah. now. He's, he, he really is. He's a six to one chance. Go Bears, go is 10 to one. Eraz, I let TC <laughs> talk about him. Don't mention Jim your Crowley favorite, and the Carnavan there. Your favorite there. jockey, your favorite horse. You love it, you love it. Come on, no, like I say, obviously... Obviously, when we did it, uh, when we did weigh in the day, a uh, couple of days after the, the Newbury run, he was still 25 to the sportsbook. Then I just said, you know, given the way that race panned out, I know Kevin disagrees to a certain degree, but 25 to one was clearly the bang wrong price. Um, I think he's got a load of upside. The problem with this race is, I think you're going to get a big field here. I mean, I, yes. I could be wrong, but obviously, normally you get the you know, Jersey or Jersey or Commonwealth. Is the Commonwealth 500 grand in the jersey, about 125 that'd be, grand? That'd be about right, yeah. So it's yeah. a massive differential. So I think you're going to get a big field here. So I think you might be better off waiting maybe to get a, uh, you know, a, a bigger price once, once if you do get a, a, a 16 runner race and stuff. But I think there's loads of upside to Rares. I'm assuming they'll come here because of the prize money angle. And um, yeah, the Crowley redemption. That's the, that, is, <laughs> that is the headline. <laughs> you love a, love a hold up ride in a straight track at Ascot too, ideal. Yeah, well, <laughs> we shall see. Just, just Jim, wait until you think it's time to go, then count to five, then yeah. go, just for TC. Yeah. Don't count to 50, don't count to 50, Jim, count to five. Mm. I'm sure he's going to love watching this, boys. Um, Kevin, who's your shout for this? Ah, I love this race. It's I been, love it's this It's been a race. great addition, I think. Um, and it's, it's you see, you're such a contradiction to yourself because you're complaining about all the options come Cheltenham for Jumps mention. racing. Jumps yeah, racing. Yeah, flat racing. They shove in another option and Kevin's all like, great, another chance yeah, for Joseph so O'Brien to win a race. We've got lo <laughs> loads of horses, ample numbers <laughs> to fill up these Group 1s, Vanessa, so they don't stand out like sore thumbs like the, you know, the mayor's cross country or whatever you'd you add to Cheltenham. You pay a fortune for this critical analysis on a psychiatrist's couch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. No, you well, he's, not, he's not this harsh. <laughs> <laughs> Many character assassination no, after, after one another. I'm filling some pretty big boots here. <laughs> <you know? laughs> well, some empty boots anyway for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I, I quite like a bunch of these, to be honest. I, like, I like El Caballo. Um, I, I took an alternative view to TC on Tiber Flow and Araz last time. I, I thought Tiber Flow would maintain mm. that form. Yeah. Um, it proved, proved that six furlong is no problem. We'll ride him a small bit different, I'd say, at Ascot. And, um, but the one I'm going for is actually Twilight Jet, Michael O'Callaghan. Yes. Um, very, look, unbelievably admirable two-year-old last season. He just kept running him, and he just kept doing his thing, kept improving yeah. um, until one disappointing run at the back end. Um, he had a little hold-up in the spring, I believe, and he was considered to be a little bit short going to his prep race at Nace, which makes the fact that he absolutely bolted up from race-fit rivals um, pretty impressive to me. Mm. I think six at Ascot would be ideal. Um, I think he has the, the right set of tools for the race. 
Um, and I like him. I think he's, I'm surprised. I, go, I don't know what price you have, Barry. Is he 12 or 14 to 1? 12, something yeah. like that. Like, that's a big price, I think. Like, mm. this is a classy, tough, versatile horse that I, I think is bang there in the mix of them. And he will come on, I suspect. I, I spoke to Michael about him only a few weeks ago, and like he was adamant that there would be improvement to come from the comeback. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I love a bit of Twilight Jet. Okay, Twilight Jet for you, Flaming Rib for me, mm. Eras for Tony. It's all happening. Yes. Uh, let's move on to the Coronation Stakes on the Friday. Homeless Songs, Irish 1000 Guineas winner, another shorty here. Uh, how, how short is she currently? She's 11 to 10. It all depends if Spiral comes here. If she doesn't, well, then she goes off odds on Homeless Song. And Spiral, mm -hmm. 11 to 4. Obviously, he's missed those engagements. 13 to 2, Cachet. Um, Prosperous Voyage is a 7 to 1 chance, has entered in the other race we just spoke about. One I will flag up that we've seen money for at 66 to 1 is Honey Girl. It's a Henry de Bromhead filly to finish third to history in a group three in Leopardstown. Mm. Just beaten two lengths, but we've seen a few quid for it on the sports book. The guys okay. reported to me this morning. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tony, in this, I'm taking a bit of a swing with Sandrine. I'm not sure if anyone can agree with me on this, and we're hoping that somebody might. Just on the basis that obviously. She was very good at two. They brought her back for the 1,000 guineas run at Newmarket. Watch that race back. She got completely lost. She was kind of very keen early on. Then she got stuck out on the wing. She got lit up again. She moved right across the track. She didn't handle the dip in and out of it. I think Ascot, we know, suits her. I think she does stay the mile, even though that was a question mark pre the guineas. And I just think they've probably targeted this race. And against the Red Hot favourite, I, I can't have in spiral. All this guff about where she was meant to show up, where she didn't show up. There's clearly been loads of things wrong with her. I'm not, I'm not taking the mickey there. She's obviously been quite tricky to train. Mm. And I don't want to be backing a horse going into the, a race like this. First time off, up. Off a break, no. first yeah. time mm. up that's been tricky to train. No, no thank you. And I just think Sandrine might be a slightly forgotten horse with that two-year-old form, Tony. Would yeah. you... And I, 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 applaud, I applaud your use of the word guff, one of my favourite words, actually. <laughs> God, I'm winning so many points here today. Oh, I know. It's excellent. It's terrible, it's isn't excellent. It? They might have me back. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Homeless Songs, I think, you know, 11 to 10 is, is obviously, we all saw how impressive she was. You know, beating the Oaks winner. You know, what, what's not to like? I mean, the, you'd like a more consistent profile about a horse training that short. But then again, what's going to rock up here? I mean, a prosperous voyage didn't quite get to uh, France last time. You know, form stacks up quite well with, with Cachet and the Guineas. I think I think they're talking about running uh, running Purple Play again very quickly after uh, the, the winning yeah. France run at the weekend. And I mean, that was you know that's obviously that that filly was bought for for two million in December. Uh, not one of your ammo racing purchases, <laughs> that was it. Uh, uh, no, no, um, I don't think so. The, the interesting <laughs> horse here. Um, and again, we don't know what's going to run. Tenebrism maybe could run here, uh, maybe after on, on the comeback trail after that uh, that run in the Guineas. But the one I've been trying to find out about running plans is Discoveries. I mean, we all know, you know, uh, the Moy Glare winner beat Tuesday in her maiden. Uh, maybe the ground was a bit too quick when she was a little underwhelming in in the Guineas last time. And obviously, if you're playing Family Fortunes, I mean, Jesse Harrington has won this with uh, with the two siblings as well, including the full sister. So. Look at you with your, best, with your breeding angle. You're coming around to my way of thinking these <laughs> well days. Well he'll, he'll be doing paddock assessment soon enough. <laughs> he'll, be, he'll be talking <laughs> about, he'll be talking about what, how good they look in their coat. They'll, they'll have to dig me up from six feet under for me to do for doing paddock assessment. Uh, actually, actually I, I, I do actually. Looks well. Looks well. <laughs> Sunny day, shiny, shiny coat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Call me Ken. Um, <laughs> No, I, I discoveries would be interesting. Again, I want that she was trading a very big price on the ex on the exchange. 
Uh, not a couple of days ago, she was training as big as 40. Uh, I'd want to see some kind of like running plans for her, but I think on a two-year-old form, uh, maybe on, on a, a bit more easier ground than she got a new market. Discoveries is, is definitely the interesting one, on, on, like I said, on the two-year-old form. Okay, so sort of similar idea to me in terms of slight disappointment in the classic coming mm. forward to this, hoping for a bit of a revival like I have with Sandrine as well. Um, mm. Let's just move on to the Saturday and just a quick mention again, two-year-olds, but sticking with you, Tony, because the Chesham kicks off Saturday's action and Alfred Munnings is going to be a very short price in this. Are you with or against him? Yeah, well, it's, it's difficult because obviously... We don't know, there's so much information we don't know, but what we do know is uh, wildly impressive, you know, first time up. Um, it's hard, and you can't make hard and fast, you know, suggestions about the price, given that we don't know the, the field makeup, but all indications are that uh, she's, I think he's evens at the moment, and I think if that, that price is going to go one way, it's going to go down rather than up. So I, I think you're looking at uh, maybe an odds on shot there, and. The vibes are obviously very, very positive about Alfred Munnings. Okay. Yeah, evens, evens Alfred Munnings and has been favourite for this throughout as well and, and has been long. short, yeah. Mm. Um, legend of Xanadu, Tony gave a good shout to yeah. uh, uh, the other day on weighed in, obviously carried his penalty nicely at the weekend. He's an eight to one chance. Crypto force in there at 12 to one. I know Crypto someone force. on the panel likes yeah. that. Mm. Um, but yeah, Alfred Munnings sure to go off. Just, just on a wider point, do you, do you think we underestimate horses who back up under a penalty uh, and, and who race at uh, um, tracks like Musselboro, like you mentioned with the Burke. Do, do you think that is the market is more informed than we make out, or do you think they are underestimated because of the unsexy profile? It's probably the unsexy profile. You know, I think people, and it, there'll always be, you know, people try to mind read trainers. Well, if you really liked him, would he, would he have sent him to Musselboro? You know, that sort of thinking, yeah. which I don't necessarily, but certainly not in Ireland. You know, we saw in the derby the other day, like, look through the maiden form of all the, the Irish derby horses. You know, they're winning at Killarney and Galway and all over the shop. You know, there's no mm. soft touches in Ireland, certainly. And uh, there's, there's nothing to say that a good horse can't run in a, in a smaller track in the UK either. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the jersey, where I actually really fancy one in here. I can give you a quick mention for one in the Chesham. Oh, sorry, that, sorry. That, that, go we, on. that we haven't touched on. Go on, go on. Um, Alfred Munnings, so clearly you can, you can see why he's fav. Um, but I would give a mention to another Aidan O'Brien one, um, Auguste Roden. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation now. Um, almost certainly. Almost <laughs> certainly, but hey, no, one, no one's surprised there. You're a classical <laughs> scholar. You should know this, yeah. Kev. No, no, no one's surprised, so we'll, we'll run with it. Um, he, like that, that was a big run first time. Second, the crypto force. Um, and look, everything, and everything went wrong. You know, got caught in the pocket, had to wait, wait, then got checked and has absolutely flown. Um, you know, the winner was very good, but Thank the you. second was very mm. good as well. And just a note on the winner, for all you Crypto Force fans out there, um, he is going to be in the London sale yeah. on Monday um, and could potentially uh, generate some fireworks there, uh, courtesy of Epson, perhaps. Yeah, the reason that the boy... <laughs> oh, that nearly slipped past me. Very well done. The reason that they keep mentioning Crypto Force is because uh, the farm that I used to live at had him and they pinhooked him, and he's been a great success story. And he I'm on commission as well. No, yes. no, he was a great, not at all, but he was a great success story going to the sales as a yearling, then for the Breeze Up Boys, and now he's one first time out, and he's going to be, you would expect, to make a profit for the current owners at the golf sale, which is the Monday night before. So we will probably see him in different colors, is what you're yeah. saying. Most it's likely, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. I mean, we hadn't really touched upon the strength and depth, but 
If Aidan O'Brien is going to leave horses, uh, some horses at home, he's, the, the, the firepower he's got this season, there seems to be a kind of like a, a renaissance in the, the two-year-olds at Aidan O'Brien's issue. I thought Aidan O'Brien was finished about a month ago. Everyone well, was saying he may as well If you listen to Twitter, which yeah. we know Tony doesn't, so <laughs> that's fine. No, he, he, was, he was finished <laughs> after the Guineas, then he... Then he was back in favour after Chester Lindfield. Okay, the strength of depth, unbelievable, basically. Uh, let's move on to the Jersey Stakes. Uh, the Group 3 over the 7 furlongs. I really fancy Mighty Ulysses in this. What price, Barry? Mighty Ulysses currently trading at 10 to 1 on the Betfair Sportsbook. 3 each of 2, New Signs and Noble Truth. It's 5 perfect power. Lucille in there at 8 to 1 as well, but 10 for Ulysses. Mighty Ulysses, thank mm -hmm. you very much. He's the sire of the moment, really, isn't he? Yeah, sort of, yeah. I mean, I, I, th this horse, for me personally, I think his novice form is pretty decent. The handicap, the class two handicap we saw him running last time, uh, he probably should have won. It wasn't Benoit de la Sayette's finest moment in the saddle. I think, crucially with him, the drop to seven furlongs is going to be perfect for him. Coming here for the Gosdens, I think people will look at that handicap form and might sort of be looking elsewhere for group form maybe coming into this. But for me, that handicap form is pretty decent and I think that he over the seven furlongs and with a better ride I mean I'm not it's not watch it back he, he would have done things differently I think a second time around I just think if he'd won that race he'd be half the price coming into this and he was just touched off and I fancy him in this at a bigger price mm. yeah I'm going to struggle to have a big view here this is, okay. the, this is the Royal Ascot equivalent to the Ryanair Chase isn't it yeah, yeah. Ford one it's for, oh, it's, it's for the horses that bottle oh. out of the St. James's Palace in the Commonwealth Cup yeah yeah there's nothing wrong with the I was going to say if you find a runner in that anti-post book you, you found a bet it's like I said it's with so many of these horses likely to go for the, the bigger prize of the Commonwealth Cup like I said, if, if, you get a, if you get a runner in an anti-post market here, you're probably beating the book by 100%. Okay, so it looks like a pretty weak view from the panel then on this race, but mighty Ulysses for me in the jersey. Let's move on to the Hardwick. Um, funny sort of race again, betting-wise, as things stand, Barry. I quite like the temperamental, quirky, slight disappointment that is Al Azi in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise no, no, no. known. No, Al, Al might turn up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but enough about you, what yeah. about the Hardwick? Enough <laughs> <laughs> about you, yeah. Temperamental, yeah, all of those things. Got got some talent, but sometimes lets us down. Actually, the, the Blinker, blinkers required. Yeah. The Hugh Carhill <laughs> of the horse world. Al Azi, I do quite fancy in this. Yeah. What price about you? Eight to one at the moment, Al Azi. <laughs> Hurricane Lane, the Irish um, Derby, and St. Ledger winner, 11 to 10 on now from six to four. Really strong. Bay Bridge, your second favourite. 90% sure, not, not going to come go. here. Is yeah. a four to one chance. Uh, Broom is an eight to one chance. Pile driver, eight to one. Third round, eight to one. So, yeah, Hurricane Lane has been steady, strong at the head of the market. Yeah, I just do you have interest in him? At wouldn't this you point? be worried? If I'm very worried. But just because we haven't heard a whole lot about him, you know, mm. we've seen with Adi R. You know, we haven't been hearing loads about him only when he's been ruled out of the next target. And yeah, I see yeah. there's news again mm. today that he's ruled out of the Eclipse. Yeah. And it's been all a little bit quiet for Hurricane Lane. Maybe everything's perfectly fine. And if he turns up in good shape, look, that arc run, you know, funny ground, obviously, but he showed he could do it on a sounder surface earlier in the season. And, like, he ran a stormer in that arc. You know, funny race on, yeah. on, on tricky ground, but um, he does bring a, a, a big level to the table for a race like this. So I just wait and see, because it just... 
I have no idea if how Hurricane Lynn is or has been, but given we've heard so little about him, it's yeah. not going to be a shock to anyone no. if he if he doesn't turn up. No, I would agree with that. And that and in the case of Al Azi, I think this is a pretty obvious target for him, and we know he's going to show. Um, I know he needs the race to go a certain <coughs> way, and he might not get it in a small field, Tony. But yeah. I think he is one of the horses that ticks a good few of the boxes, if a little mm. temperamental. Yeah, when when you're betting. At Royal Ascot and any anti-post race, you're looking for the shape of the race that's, that's in the punter's favour rather than in the bookmaker's favour. There's been a few nibbles around on the exchange for Hurricane Lane and, and Barry referenced he's been back from six to four into uh, ten to eleven with the sportsbook, but he's a kind of horse that just absolutely makes the market for punters, uh, especially with, with the each-way angle. Uh, and if I like Twilight Calls um, as one of my bets of the week, Broom is a very close second at eight to one each way. Uh, now this horse. Has an in and out profile, but when he's good, he, he's very good. He only just got touched off at the Breeders' Cup. Um, he went to the Japan Cup. Um, um, he didn't, you know, he ran okay there. But the story of that race is, apparently, he had a really bad injury uh, in the in the stables afterwards. Got, I like to say, a serious injury. So they had to. They've taken a while to get this horse back. Uh, and if you go back and have a look at the Tattersall's Gold Cup uh, run, I thought there was a plenty of promise in that kind of race. I think they expected to come forward massively from that. Um, and on form, I would put him only second to Hurricane Lane in here, and we've already established that so that horse is one you've just got to take on or at least oppose. Uh, so yeah, Broom each way eight to one is a pretty confident bet here, and yeah, I've got involved. Okay, like it. Very strong view from Tony in what looks like a pretty open-looking race as things stand at the moment. Uh, last race we're going to be previewing before our naps of the week, the Platinum Jubilee. Again, Barry, all about the foreigners in this. Uh, home Affairs, Campanelli, Nature Strip, loads in there at the top of the market from abroad. I'm not going to pretend to know all the form lines coming into this race, but what's the betting like? Yeah, Home Affairs is your 4-1 to favourite. That was the horse, uh, Chris Waller, another one of his rockets, the yeah. Kilmore, um Co-owner, have yeah, a share yeah. in. Yeah, he's four to one favorite. Campanelle is a five to one chance. Creative four six to one. Money for sacred that TC mentioned earlier. Uh, we haven't seen um, her since she beat Lankesh in the uh, in the Hungerford. But money for that ten to one uh, was a fourteen to one chance and sixteen to one. But is into ten to one now. Kings Lynn um, is quoted in the betting as well. Will that? have a mare on the first day <laughs> and decide to go for the Platinum Jubilee <laughs> this time around. Who thing. knows? But Me meets traffic. Home Affairs, four to one favourite. Okay, Home Affairs at the top of the market. Kevin, are you with or against him? Um, I should look at it. I'll tell you, I haven't slagged the Aussies earlier. I'll give, <laughs> a, I'll give a mention to one of the other ones. Oh, pop the car um, in reverse. Back uh, we go. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> just a contradiction wrapped in a... <laughs> <laughs> wrapped in a That's another 500 quid on the psychiatrist's couch there for <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> but I just wouldn't forget about Ar Artorius. Um, he's coming under the, under the radar a little bit, despite coming from Oz, because Home Affairs is getting all the attention. Um, he hasn't won for a while, but I, I actually was watching back some of his runs last night. And like he's been eye-catching a few times, and I'd say a stiff six might just, be, might just do the trick. Um, like they've run him, he's form over a mile as well, but I think a stiff six might just be what he wants. And the best of his form, he's not a million miles behind. Um, home affairs and he's got farm tying in with him as well and they'll, they'll be off revised weights here with the, the funny old weight for age differences um, so I'd give him a mention and I'd also give Minzal an issue uh, a mention yeah um, he yeah. has promised on a few occasions that he could be a group one horse ran very well in the middle park ran very well in the champion sprint at the back end of last season after you know a very short season and looked disappointing on his comeback but I suspect he's probably been trained for Ascot I'm hoping he steps up from that 
and he's another one I'd mentioned, but like the King stand is tricky. This is even trickier. Like this has ev even more funky farm lines coming in. And um, yeah, those are the two I'd mention, but uh, neither would be a bullish shout. Okay, Tony, where are you looking at this? Um, home affairs, you have been asking around and apparently it comes here with a really big reputation. So I'm surprised it's as, you know, maybe as big as four to one if, if the vibes are right. But like, like as, as Kev said, it's, it's a bit of a guess up. Uh, the interesting one here was possibly alcohol-free. Now there was some, Ooh. obviously, she's got entries in the Duke of Cambridge, the Queen Anne, but I'm sure I read at the start of the season they were they were looking at uh, dropping her down in trip, and mm. obviously she was massively weak in the market when she should have been a two-on shot, and I think she went off, you know, you know three times the price uh, when they stuck a hood on her first time up. I don't think she ran that badly um, last time as well, so. If you do get a strongly run race, which you assume you are going to be with these speedsters coming over uh, from abroad, alcohol-free could be quite interesting. She's 20 to 1, Baz. 20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, again, you, you are guessing about running plans, but she's the kind of horse I can see I can see out running her price for sure if she goes. Yeah. I tell you, just, just one observation now, and look, you're always kind of reluctant to say these things without knowing the horse. And I know she has a reputation for being a bit hot and a bit of a madame now, but um, prior to Lockinge now, she was on fire in the parade ring. Like, mm. she was a proper handful. She was rearing up. She was, like, melting with sweat. And it's just like maybe she does that every day of her life, but I don't think we've seen it from her that often, yeah. not to that extreme. But it was, I remember, I remember you getting uh, boiled fried there. I mean, it was an exceptionally hot day, it, that day it was a it? warm day, but she it wasn't just getting hot, like she was on fire. Mm. And just with the profile of having been so at such a high level last season, mm. she's come back this season, hasn't quite come up to it twice, like just raising the possibility maybe she's gone the wrong way mentally and maybe sprinting is what she needs to do now just to let, let yeah, rip, I, you know, I, rather than try to get But if you flip that on its head, I mean, the fact that she ran so well there given those circumstances, well, so well, she ran okay in the circumstances, yeah. and you'd know better than I would. I mean, putting a hood on that horse first time up over a trip that, we know it suits her. Would that have been an eye to the future with sprinting, trying to get her to settle? It might have just been an eye that she's getting hard, hardier and hotter, right. and they might want to relax her. But then they took it off next time. So mm. um, I'd watch her in the prelims. But again, I'm, I'm open. Like it could well prove to be the case that you know she does this every time. That's just her. Yeah. She's a hardy lady. But it yeah. was it was quite pronounced now at Newbury. Mm. Okay, so an interesting swing with alcohol free. She'd be fascinating if she does show up in the sprint division. Uh, before we wrap up, everyone, it's time for the naps, please. Best bet of the week. Uh, let's start with you, Kevin. Taking out a swing, I think, Vanessa. I knew, I knew this. Yeah. Loving out, loving out a swing. You do, uh, you do. I'm gonna go for light infantry in the St James's Palace, 66 yep. to one. That's a big old swing. That'll do for me. Okay. Mm. What about you, <laughs> Tony? Yeah, on your special account, you'll get 660 <laughs> right now, are you? I, mean, you just like I, I am, I am that special. It's, it's That's right. There's yeah. no doubt about it's, it. It's yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna call her Vanessa Adazero Royal uh, when it comes to a betting account. That's absolutely what I expect yeah. with betting and my paychecks. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, no surprise. Twilight calls at 14 to one. Broom is a very close second, eight to one. Yeah. You've I been wouldn't very put anybody off having an each way double on the pair, 14s and eights. Twilight calls and broom. Wow. Another big swing. And Barry, what about you in terms of best bet of the week? We didn't speak about the race, but the King Edward VII on the Friday, Ottoman Fleet, really like that horse. I think that's a horse gone places. And obviously, Tisisu in the um, Royal Hunt Cup, which on the Sportsbook, we're paying five places to each way punters there in the anti-post market, but mm. that's uh, in the Royal Hunt Cup. And Brilliant. I just, uh, just had a text from Hugh Cal. He sent in his nap. <laughs> 
Uh, we could guess it. Go we on. could guess it. Uh, <laughs> The Baid Karibas no, double. Karibis. Bang, bang. Double. Oh. Double max steak. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. <laughs> All well, ducker and no dinner. Look, <laughs> Hugh's not been here, but it's like he's been here because we've mentioned him so many times throughout the course of this show. Uh, boys, thank you very much for joining me on The Racing Only Better got the name right uh, Royal Ascot <laughs> preview and don't forget the podcast will be with you all five days of Royal Ascot Hugh will be back in the hot seat and they'll be bringing you the tips every day it's been great to be in the Betfair offices here in Dublin in life with the team I've much enjoyed it and don't forget everyone gamble responsibly <laughs>